Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents... The Elder Scrolls Lorecast! Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. All right, adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. It is time for a new episode. Last week, we wrapped up the last month of uh, the last month, the last week of February. We are into a new month <laughs> of March and we talked with our patrons. So that means we're kicking off this month with a new topic. And this one's going to be a little bit different, but I'll get into that in a minute. With me, as usual, is my co-host, Lotus of Doom. Lotus, welcome back. How's it going? Things are well. Things are well. Uh, be very curious to dive into this one. This is this is a little this is a little more game lore as opposed to just story lore. Yeah, so. yeah. More and my specialty, as I <laughs> I knew more of this than having or having to learn it on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And this is uh, you know, we talk about all sorts of things here, and as the show continues, we're of course going to continue talking about. The lore and the backgrounds of the worlds and characters and all those kinds of things. But I also want to always make sure that we are giving the games a fair amount of attention. And this show will never be like only a discussion about like what the trial was we ran this week and those kinds of things. Because, you know, your other show, <laughs> Tales of Tamriel, does, does that <laughs> yeah. a lot better than, than I'm going to do that. And uh, but that doesn't mean that we can't talk about the games and the way the games work and and some of the details that connect the series over time. And I think that's really the perspective I want to get to today is we're going to go back in time. We're going to start with the most recent games and eke our way back over time to see how did these things, how do these work now and how did the other games work and what is similar and what is different about that experience and about learning the world and the lore and the gameplay and, and those kinds of things. And Lotus is a great, <laughs> he's one of the few people I've known, I've known to actually dig into the majority of the other games in the series, you know, earlier than something like Morrowind um, and the offshoots mm -hmm. and stuff. So this is a, this is a wonderful opportunity to have this conversation. Um, and then later on in the episode, we've got some reviews and some patrons to thank. And then we also have some news for Elder Scrolls Online because of some cool stuff that they're doing with the uh, champion point respec and the ability to respec your character. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. But Lotus, why don't we kick this off? Um, when we think about Elder Scrolls today, most people either think Skyrim or Elder Scrolls Online or both. And then sometimes we go back and we visit Oblivion or Morrowind. That's usually kind of our perspective on it, right? So when it comes to something like ESO, the experience of creating your character and entering the world is is fairly simplified, right? You pick you pick a race. No. That's traditional. No. You always pick a race. You pick a gender. That's traditional. I don't think there's a game where you don't get to pick a gender, right? No, yeah, I was going to say you, you always, always get a, to pick. Yep. You always pick and a gender. You always pick a race. Uh, the races are more expansive than they've been in some of the early, earlier titles, but we'll talk about that. Yes. 
the, um, the difference you get definitely changes from game to game. Um, pretty drastically in some cases, as some races originally weren't even like speaking races. <laughs> right, right. So we'll get to that when we get back to there. Um, so you pick it, pick those things. Um, in Elder Scrolls Online, you pick a faction because it's an MMO and you align mm-hmm. yourself with a, with a specific faction, which is not something you do in any of the other games until you're actually playing through the games and you associate yourself with a specific group through your gameplay decisions. Sure. And then you pick you also pick a class right from the beginning. And yes. that happens in some of the other games. But again, it's different in the, in the sense of Elder Scrolls Online. You pick a predetermined class that gives you a specific skill line that is not available to any other class. That's basically the main difference. Right? Correct. And it's a little more. It's actually kind of funny with how open Elder Scrolls Online is compared to some of the other ones. And, you know, the classes themselves are much more hard set in Elder Scrolls Online, even though you can do so much to shape your character and do so many things. That's not so much how classes worked in the other games. And even amongst the other games, the classes are different. You could also make, starting right back from the beginning, you could make your own class. You don't really make your own. You pick a class. You're a Templar. You're a Necromancer. Right. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In the other games, all the way back to Arena, they have a predetermined set of classes that you could do. I'm, you know, a Nightblade or a Spell Sword. And it would give you bonuses to whatever those, you know, whatever swath of martial arts and magical arts you have your, at your disposal. Your skills. So like your, your main, yeah, mainline skills exactly. or your secondary skills, depending on the game. Um, right. And right. another thing was armor restrictions like mm-hmm. it, you know it, you couldn't you know if if you were a nightblade you couldn't wear heavy armor for example in um arena it, which is very dungeons and dragons that's sure where that comes from basically yep so that's much more a thing whereas even though the class lines uh are pretty restricted like you get these skills as a result of picking this class it's whether you choose to use them or not is up to you, but that's one of the benefits of having this skill line and how some of your skills will work. Dragon Knights, for example, one of your passive skills, we won't go into everything, of course, but just like an example. And one thing that actually always screws with me when I play other classes, because I main a Dragon Knight is when I use my ultimate ability ability, I get, a portion of my health, magicka, and stamina back as a reward. Other classes don't get that. That's that's a unique thing to Dragon Knights. So in a situation where I'm panicked, I could just use my ultimate, even if I don't necessarily want the ultimate, just to get resources back. Right. Whereas right. if I was Zero on a Templar, I could do... Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah. if I do that on a Templar, I'm like, cool, I wasted my special, or my ultimate, I mean, and it didn't help at all. <laughs> so. Right yeah um, so in that sense there there i believe it's what three skill lines that are available to each class that don't show up in the other classes so like the templar skill lines are there's three of them with a certain number of abilities and then an ult that you can choose from active and passive and those things are set for that class you never get to touch those things unless you are that class 
Yes. And that is completely different in Elder Scrolls Online than it is from, say, something like Skyrim or Oblivion or Arena. Um, yeah. That, all of those other games. Kind of a, right. It's kind yeah. of a wholly unique system based on a similar system. So that's something very unique to Elder Scrolls Online itself. Right. Right. Is, you know, your class line is very specifically these set of things. And that's what you do with them. Right. And that's what creates a, a difference. And that's why you want to stick with and invest with a specific character type throughout the game. It's also why it makes sense to mix and match different classes with each other when you go into a dungeon or a trial is yeah. because you will have abilities that other people don't have. And it helps you support each other. Very important in uh, endgame trials. It It's not necessarily make or break, but it it determines like a lot. You you can notice the feel <clears throat> if you have a good 12 person composition involving all of the different buffs from different classes. Like everybody's very, you know, we've got two wardens, a dragon knight, we've got three necromancers that that flow becomes very apparent when you get minor and major buffs with you know you start getting into the finer details but it's like it makes it makes a big difference on how those classes interplay with each other and that's kind of like you had alluded to that's the mmo aspect of it as opposed to a single player experience right right and then from the from the building of your character you're thrown into the world you get a similar kind of introduction to the world but it depends on which expansion was out and how you go through that and so that's a huge discussion we'll kind of avoid that for 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 the eso part of this storyline right for the for the yeah. description but then you're in the world and you have you're you're given very specific goals <laughs> you there is somebody with an arrow are. over their head and there's other people with arrows over their heads and you go talk to them and then you have a very brief conversation where you ask very specific kinds of questions based on whatever stats or, or character type you have or, or if you've met them before or whatever and then mm -hmm. you know exactly where to go for the next piece of that quest most of the time um, not all the time, but most of the time you either get like, oh, you need to go talk to that guy over there and you get another arrow and you go talk to that guy or you get a little circle on the map that says, go find a thing. It's somewhere in this little circle. You go over and you mm -hmm. find the thing, right? Or go fight the bad guys over here. Go to this circle, fight the bad guys, right? And it, it breadcrumbs you all the way through the experience. It's not about figuring out a puzzle and learning where to go and living in the world in a very realistic kind of way. Where like if if I ran into you on the street and you're like, hey, I have a quest. I need to find the best pizza in town. And I was like, <laughs> OK, the best pizza in town is this place called, you know, uh, Jimmy's down the road. And you're like, OK, where exactly is Jimmy's down the road? And I'm like, eh, it's like it's about two miles that way. You got to make a left at this road, and make a right at this road. But then you'll see it coming up on the right. Like you'd actually have to go find that. Right. You're not you're not going to have the GPS on your phone that takes you directly to that spot unless, you know, live in a world with GPSs. Right. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> but my magic GPS, your magic <laughs> GPS. Right. But uh, Elder Scrolls Online very much. It, it's basically like you have a magic GPS everywhere. Just tells you where to go and you go do the thing. And then you go back to the person. You talk to them. You go to the next person. You just kind of follow the quests around. And then that kind of paints the story of the world. I also feel like you're never really in danger of the world itself um, harming you or setting you back in any major way. Sort of, because there's no... In order to keep the flow of an MMO, there is no hard game over screen. Mm -hmm. You can wipe, you can need to restart something, but there's no... 
you're dead. It's over. And most of the time, even mm-hmm. if you if you're just wandering through the world and you come across a monster and you don't want to fight it, you just run away and eventually yes. it stops following you. It's chained to a certain distance to follow. It, yeah. Right. It, it has a leashing mechanic right. where it it can only follow you so much, but it has its area of the map. Right. Honestly, the gaminess of Elder Scrolls Online, although it, there's a lot of interactable things and it, it definitely has the Elder Scrolls vibe, I would say it feels almost the most gamish of all of the series. Like, right, right. But there's no way to really avoid that because you, of the interaction with other players and everyone having the potential to interact with the world. If you just start dragging all the monsters across Tamriel into one <laughs> big pile, nobody else gets to play. It's like, right, right. And then you get to like kill people with that. this giant monster pile that just runs into them because you, you, you <laughs> drag them into them. I mean, these are the kinds of problems that we had with uh, games back in the late 90s when MMOs first came out. Stuff like Ultima yeah. online and um, oh, what was the other one? Uh It'll come to me later. Um, but yeah, they, these were the things they figured out back then that like people could game the system in that in those ways and destroy it for other players. So Elder Scrolls Online has uh, basically, I don't know, gates up to keep those things from happening that we've learned over the years or game designers have learned over the years to to implement. So it does kind of mm-hmm. pull you out of the experience of the role playing aspect a little bit. But at the same time, if if you don't worry about that stuff, you also now don't have to worry about crazy stuff like the time a a freaking troll chased me half the way across uh skyrim because i couldn't get rid of him <laughs> in skyrim right <laughs> because it doesn't yeah. have a chain mechanic and it it just kept coming and uh, you know I, I couldn't get rid of the stupid troll like that that stuff right. can happen in the other games um the other thing that happens in elder scrolls online is that the story is doled out in a very orderly process depending on the quest line that you're going on um, yes. So basically you pick a quest line. You're like, I'm going to do this zone and you go through the zone and you do the zone quest line and you might find some other little side quests along the way. But for the most part, you know, you're just kind of working your way through the zone. Um, yes. Whereas it's much more of a theme park. Yeah. Where they, they, you again, you have lots of options in order to do things, especially with the update. It's been years now called One Tamriel, where you can kind of jump and explore regions as you see fit. Um, again, the story does its best to form around you, but there's a set story path. So you're not going to be able to. Uh, this isn't a spoiler, but like you can't save, you know, the prince of this kingdom captured by, you know, bandits before he was captured by the bandits like you can't just do it in literally any order right you have to have the thing happen the other thing right but whereas in the other games you could come across say a prince captured in a in a place and not know that there was even a quest to go save him yet exactly or you know little did you know there was a quest there because a dragon came by in skyrim and nuked this person and now that quest (laughs) line is dead right right Yeah, those systems don't play out the way they would in the real world. Everything's kind of waiting for you to get there. And then you get there and the world forms around you for the most part, Um, which creates a more cohesive story. But it also creates a what feels like a theme park. You're going from one thing to the next and you're kind of working your way through. So so Elder Scrolls Online is is kind of the odd man out in the sense of the way that stuff works because it is an, an MMO. Then we go back. Let's go back to let's go back to the time of Skyrim. Let's think about 
you start your character you're on a cart you're not in a menu right yes you're not like you you were rolling in for a very cinematic intro that right is notorious at this point that i don't think anybody whether you're a gamer or not has not somehow seen this intro or a parody (laughs) of this intro (laughs) right right um so yeah so you you don't go to a game screen and then tab over and look through each of the options and then enter the enter the world you enter the world and you make your way into the world and you all of a sudden get a story that unfurls and you're in a cart with some important guy who's a you know been arrested you make your way into a, a small town and then all of a sudden things happen and then as you get out of the cart you get to make your character and yes you decide okay what am i because you're answering questions about who are you <laughs> right uh, right so again it kind of imparts that into the world it's part of the process of the world you have to de- you declare who you are and so therefore that's who you are um which has lore implications but we're not going to talk about that um so in this case you have all the main main races all the genders but you're not declaring so much a like stuck stagnant character class right this isn't like eso in that sense and while you Correct. explain this i'm gonna go turn the fan on because i i forgot to so you talk all right me. so <clears throat> with skyrim and it was actually mentioned in chat it's probably i would say the most contentious with uh players where not only are there not it it doesn't have a defined class of any type there are just here are your skills and you are the dragonborn that's that's how it goes down but you are just governed by this set of skills everything is at your disposal they're all kind of neutralized at the beginning and there's something that we'll be getting into as we go back farther called governing attributes, which are not in this. It's a thing that's been largely dropped from the series, but it was very longstanding in the series before this. We'll get into that after, but the only attributes you have other than your skill constellations, which again, they use the constellations. I assume it was for cohesiveness uh, (laughs) with with Elder Scrolls Online uh, and the champion point system and that. But um, the thing with the attributes were, and it's been in most all of the games, is you have Magicka, Stamina, and um, Health. Again, (laughs) Stamina even is a thing that's changed over time as it used to be referred to as Fatigue. Uh, right and health right. was wounds in just battlespire which really confused <laughs> me uh, <laughs> but that whole concept was very very pared down it was you have the potential to do whatever you want and you craft your journey by playing if you use your one-handed sword your your sword skill go your one-handed sword skill goes up if mm-hmm. you you know, are constantly using archery or sneaking around, those skills go up, which is a very unique concept to the Elder Scrolls. Not quite, that system is not how ESO works. Now, granted, you just take the skill, you put it on your bar, and the according XP goes to that skill. So that's different already from, you know, one game to the next. And Skyrim's kind of an outlier in and of itself, but it has this system where the more you do a thing, 
the better you get at that thing. And those individual level ups in those skill lines contribute to your overall level. And that's how it goes. And you everything up, contributes you to your overall you. level. There's nothing, Correct. there's no skill that's more important than any other skill. And it's just skills. And you, you aren't called a specific class of anything, even if you're just really good at sneaking and pickpocketing yep. and killing people at a distance. You're not killed. You're not called an assassin or a thief. Those right. are just the abilities that you've used the most. So those are the ones you're yeah. best at. You're just a sneaky dragonborn instead yeah, of a, a loud sneaky, dragonborn. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk so, a little bit more about, about how that works in some of the other ones, because I think that I feel like this is a good place to move into the story side of this. Or did you have something else you wanted yes. to bring up? Well, the only thing that uh, is interesting about this one, and you'll kind of, we'll be able to hopefully uh, explain a little more why. Mm -hmm. This system actually got a decent amount of backlash, but also I feel was the reason that so many new people were onboarded to the series. This is, it's either referred to as streamlined to some or dumbed down to others because it's much less confusing than the old systems were. Mm -hmm. So Skyrim, I mean, it's the best-selling Elder Scrolls game. It onboarded a lot of new people to the series. And when people go back to the other ones, it, it can be jarring, to say the least, because they're like, what are all of these things? So yeah. it's... It's an interesting change they made in how the leveling system and class system existed slash worked. Right, right. Yeah, it, it was it was simplified from the others. Basically, you do things, you get points, those things get better, you get enough points, you level up also. It all just kind of connected that way. Yep. Um, and the world and the stories come about naturally as you walk around the world. You stumble upon like you get basically a after you get through the intro of the game, you have, hey, you should go talk to so and so in this town. And that takes you into the main quest line. But you can completely avoid that. You can just go live in the world and do whatever you want and come across whatever emergent story quest lines, whatever come about. There's no guiding you necessarily to a specific place like if if you entered if you started playing skyrim you're like and you hadn't heard anything about the game before other than there's there's a really cool thieves guild quest you got line you got to go do you wouldn't be able to even know where to go you would have to just kind of discover it right there's not like yes there's not like you can choose i want to go to the thieves guild or you go to the next town and you go where's the thieves guild in this town oh it's over there i'm gonna go do this quest line um, you have to you have to kind of come across it in the world in order to open it up. Um, and, and I feel like that's a more natural progression. And it also pulls Agreed. from the the other games, right? Like the other games are all very much built in this sort of or most of them in the sort of like you, you do things in the world and then that uncovers other things to do in the world. And so your story becomes your journey through that as you go from one thing to the next. So you are in this case very much more in control of your own journey, but you're not completely in control because there are NPCs that you can't necessarily kill. So you could come across like like we were saying the prince in the castle and save him before you even knew there was a quest. And then you find out, oh, the prince says I should get back to my hometown. I bet so and so is worried for me. And then you get back there and you get rewarded for saving him, even though you didn't know it was a quest line. Right. Right. But the. I don't remember what my other point was. <laughs> I just lost it. <laughs> uh, 
Where I, I was going to say, was it referring to the fact that 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 won't happen in like something like Elder Scrolls yeah, Online? Yeah, that, that won't happen in Elder Scrolls Online. It, that right. becomes your story, right? Like, so when you when you and I are talking about our experience of Skyrim, I'm going, yeah, like when I came, stumbled across that prince that I saved, and you were like, oh, you mean the quest line from this place where this other thing was happening, and that's why I got captured? And I'm like, yeah. wait, what? And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, that's how I knew I needed to go save him. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I just came across him and brought him back and got a reward. And we both right. have very different stories, personal stories about the way the world unfolded for us. It's it's a very small thing, but it's probably the easiest one that the majority can relate to because it's literally from uh, the first barrel of the game and the first town you go to is if you get the stone tablet and if you if you hit the barrow on the way uh, and you get this stone tablet and when you talk to the mage um, in Whiterun, if you're already holding the tablet, he'll be like, oh, great. Like, uh, I where'd you get that? Great. And he'll just go right into the dialogue about it. Whereas if you did not explore the barrow, you won't have that, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he'll give you the quest to go get it. Like, it's go the the end point is the same but how you get there has multiple ways of like i just happen to stumble across this so it can make your journey more unique yes yes and that's in uh, kung fu kangaroo in chat says that's put into words why i enjoy single player tes games so much um mm -hmm. and and fallout is a lot like this too the the world the games the role-playing games that bethesda makes allow you to chart your own course through the world and the world responds to your decisions. And that's not just in conversations. It's the way the things unfurl in the world. And sure, the world isn't really happening beyond where you are, but parts of it still are. So, for example, um, if somebody puts a bounty out on your head, there's a chance that somebody's going to try to fulfill that bounty. That person if you avoid them and go somewhere else is still out there trying to figure out how to get to you. Right. Um, there right. are, there are events in the world that are still happening on the other side of the map that the game knows are happening that you aren't necessarily seeing right in that moment, but not everything yes. works that way. It, it kind of waits for you to put those things into motion. It's almost like imagine a variety of different like tracks of dominoes. Right. And until you walk in the room, none of the dominoes are necessarily moving. But if you move this line and then you go a little further and hit that other line, eventually the two might cross further up. Um, but they went on these paths where you didn't see them before they came back around, potentially. Right. Maybe that's kind of an analogy. And that's still not a perfect analogy, but um, that's kind of the idea here. And the game plays through the stories. And in fact, there are lots of people who never did finish the main quest line because they're having too much fun doing all the other stuff and just sure. living in the world, you know, like, and that's what makes games like this magical. Now let's go back to oblivion. We go back another step, right? We have yeah. a game where you, I believe you define your character in the menus. That is correct. Like, yeah. so you kind of have like this uh, old parchment book and <clears throat> you this is where, again, there are classes. Right. Now, there are a bunch of predetermined classes or you can make your own, which I, for better or worse, usually am like, you know what? I will make my own class. Yes, I usually do it, too. Yeah, I, um, I, I've strayed away from that a little bit in some of the older games that I've been playing because 
each as the farther back you go, it is a is a lot of different systems. Um, so in in Oblivion, um, <clears throat> what you choose as a class is still skill based, like with Skyrim, and you can do whatever you can be a, a jack of all trades still. Um, however, you get bonuses based on your class or the things you call your major skills or minor skills. Right. And right. in oblivion, you don't just level up from anything you level up when you upgrade a major skill and you get if i'm so so the real thing which again i'm a little min maxi so it gets a bit much juggling when to level in oblivion becomes a thing because there's also this is where there are other attributes there's willpower intelligence strength luck this is a thing this is you know, in reverse order the first time we're seeing this. So right. these got filtered out by the time it got to Skyrim. They did. And this is hence where things are less dumbed down, quote unquote, there. And and Oblivion is still considered dumbed down compared to Morrowind. And it <laughs> sure. keeps getting each sure. one as it gets streamlined. People either like the streamlining or they don't like. And with Oblivion came the situation of when you level up skills, you get bonuses based on the governing attribute of the skill. So right. if you're doing a lot of <laughs> magic in a specific school, it's like, okay, well, I can increase my willpower because I got this many. And for the sake of uh, accuracy, I just opened it up. So mm. in order to raise attributes, when uh, this is from the uh, unofficial older school pages and all our friends over there, um, when you level up, you get to raise the values of three attributes per level. You can only pick three. Um, the amount you can raise an attribute depends on how many skill points you have gained in the skills governed by that attribute, major or minor, before gaining the 10th increase to a major skill, which at that point triggers your level up. Right. So. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> this gets much more convoluted yeah. as, as things go back. So what I would always do, because I was not, I'm not a role player. I am a, how can I be an unstoppable God to rule this world? <laughs> and that's always my goal. So I would always intentionally not level a major skill. And until I had reached 10 levels of a minor or a just base skill, like no major, no minor uh, bonus. And when you have leveled a skill 10 times, you get a plus five bonus to your governing attribute. So I would put something like, oh, I'm going to earn 10 levels in alchemy at this station. So I'm just going to jam flowers in my face until I've <laughs> leveled up alchemy 10 times. Right. right. And I would do that for three different things. <laughs> then I would allow myself to go on so that when I would level, I could add plus five to three different attributes that gets real mathy, real grid. Like yeah. it's, yeah. it's very gamey. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like that or right. it, 
Because it, it the, feels like the, if you're not doing it, you're missing out on something. But if you are doing it, you're grinding weird stuff and it doesn't it breaks the role play. It, exactly. But some people like Kung Fu actually mentioned from chat the idea of, well, if I'm, you know, say I'm a sneaky archer. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter that I am garbage with heavy armor and blacksmithing like that right. doesn't right. fit a role play for that and or, or it wouldn't it in just the broad terms of things it could if that's your story or whatever so it allowed for a deeper role play but also was much more convoluted to the general experience also you had to sleep to level up yes yes you, you could <laughs> you is, could have like three levels pending and you, you and don't get them until you sleep it. Yeah. Yes. Totally. That was totally a thing. I enjoyed that aspect of it because it made it feel like you had to be on some sort of. Like, I thought that was kind of neat too. I like yeah. the sleeping aspect. Yeah. I would be fine with them bringing that back. I think that that was really cool. Um, the other thing about and talking about like the other side of this, in both Skyrim and Oblivion, you would get a quest. They, they've worked similarly. You'd go talk to somebody, you'd find out something, you'd get a quest, and then you would get a little arrow that said "Go over here on the map." You'd also yep. see it on your compass, and then you'd find your way over there. And then once you opened up locations, you could fast travel across the map to them. So that was those two things were consistent between those two. Now let's take another step back further to Morrowind. Morrowind, (laughs) (laughs) you build your character in a menu, right? Yes. And you have your governing attributes yet again. Yep. Governing, governing attributes. You pick your race. The races are all the same still. Yep. We're still, we're still. I'm going with that. However, there are some other nuances here. <laughs> um, mainly um, <laughs> things like so again, they, they, the system for now is still use a thing and you get better at the thing. Well, now these categories of <laughs> skills have split much, much more. There are more of them. Yeah, there is um some of and each game kind of has condensed them down this one there was medium armor again medium armor wasn't a thing we saw in oblivion or skyrim just light and heavy Uh, that was it right spears are now a thing in morrowind which have long been requested um to to come back and we have not seen the spear skill line yeah for eso specifically but yeah yes for eso specifically yeah. and people love spears they look cool so like yeah. people want spears and it makes sense historically spears were probably the sure. most prominently used weapon throughout most of history right um, or some form of spear rather than a sword or an axe or something like that the other one that we actually hadn't specifically called out because we're not going to just this is obviously an overview if we were to dive into every nitty-gritty thing this would be a nine-hour episode yeah no no this um, is just kind of an overview overview so yeah, just so, the most important bits one of the things and it's these are uh, oblivion as well these are kind of the joke things where um in skyrim you can just it, it, a lot of things are referenced as skyrim skyriming up a mountain where you would just bunny hop your way up the terrain and it would look ridiculous but you could just kind of you just get enough of a pixel you can land on mm-hmm. well in oblivion and morrowind there were acrobatic skills and mm-hmm. athletic skills mm-hmm. You literally got levels by walking places or jumping, or jumping. You could just keep and jumping everywhere you went and just level yes. yourself up. And that was what I used to again, because that was how I I would just walk and jump everywhere. <laughs> and that because I was just getting better at jumping and it would literally make your jump better. You, yeah. you could jump farther. You could jump higher. You could walk faster. Um, so. 
there were these. Now, the other major difference here is the shift in combat. Yes. Everything was a dice roll yes. in Morrowind. And again, this goes back to those Dungeons and Dragons roots of like, yes, everything's a dice roll. It's not you hit it and you just do tiny baby damage right. until you Which kill is, it. It's, that was the thing. Right. It, it's the games most people are experienced with are. Well, the better you are at a skill, the more damage it does within right. a range. Right. But of in course, Morrowind, if something's in front of you and it's not moving, you can hit it, right? Right. But that's not in how Morrowind, it works. The joke is that why can't I hit this thing that's directly in front of me? Right. Because you would swing and it would roll whether you had a chance to hit or not. Uh -huh. And you would potentially miss even if it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> right. So, but then when you would hit, it would also roll a range of damage. So you could just perpetually be missing these creatures. And that was why it, the game was originally referred to as very difficult because you'd miss a rat because you were completely inept. It's, you know, swinging your sword. So it was just, you'd miss and miss and miss. And then the rat would bite you a couple times and you have no health or durability. So you die to the rat or the scrib or the, whatever the situation. Yes. Yeah, totally. So that this is the point where I always considered like as much as Morrowind is my favorite game and I love Morrowind. This is the biggest holdup for most people mm -hmm. is the combat is noticeably aged. <laughs> right. And it makes sense because um, this, this comes from a time where you would be looking down at a game board and you'd have a character and another character and they'd get close enough to attack each other and you'd roll to see if they attacked. And in your mind, you're you're role playing out. OK, this character swings, but this character dodged out of the way or blocked it with the shield. And that's why no damage happened. But in a game like Morrowind, they didn't have the technology to do that yet. In Skyrim, yes. you swing at a character, it might put its shield up and negate or or remove all the damage altogether, but at least you know why it happened because they blocked right. your attack, right? Um, you know, you cast a spell somebody and they put up a, one of those, you know, magic shields and that makes you not to them not take damage. Well, you have a visual understanding of why it happened. Oh, that exactly. Whereas in something like Morrowind or earlier, it was a dice roll and there was no visual component to that. So you didn't understand like, why do I keep missing? It's just standing in front of me. I remember that being so strange to me you know, 15 years right. ago or whenever I tried 16, 17 years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a mod uh, I was told about where I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's a Morrowind mod. Basically it's a hundred percent chance to hit uh -huh. and they changed the system to just a damage scale thing. Like some of the newer games just to make it more user friendly. If you see the thing and you hit the thing, it hits and your skills were changed from the ability to hit or just miss in order to be like, a, okay, you hit it, but you suck. So you only do a little bit of damage <laughs> yeah, or something or like zero that. damage because or zero you're damage. just bad at using your knife. Be you know? Yeah, because you right. don't know how to knife properly. You don't know where the, sh <laughs> the pointy end of your knife is. So try right. again. Yeah, you're hitting him with the handle and cutting your own hand. Like <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So the world works differently, too. In in Skyrim and Oblivion, you get a little dot on the on the map. You also have completely fleshed out and, and um, Elder Scrolls Online is this way too. conversations. So you go, you talk to somebody yes. and you hear their voice and they respond to you with a voice. Everything's voice acted. 
Morrowind didn't have that. And not only did they no. not have that, but they had pages of conversations with highlighted text that you could click on if you wanted to find out more about that thing, like that place, that character, that item. Yep. You would click on it and it would open up the conversation in another direction and you would have another three paragraphs of text to read with other highlighted and things. The thing was, you you kind of knew if you were on the main quest path, if things were voice acted. Right. <laughs> because right. there that's were what they could afford. Of it. Right, right. Like, <laughs> right. There's a little bit in there and it was only on the, yeah, on the main list. Plus, plus the amount of storage space at the time. Yes. On like, yeah, like, so valid. yeah, these things like it wasn't a digital download where you could just download you know, 50 gigs of a, you know, thing with a whole right. bunch of video audio and audio enormous. qualities. Yeah, it was it was all on a, you know, a disc. And that's, you know, you didn't want to have to keep swapping discs out. So they tried to make it a certain size. Plus, it needed to work on consoles because Morrowind was released for consoles. It was, it was the first console one. That was where I got introduced to it was on my friend's Xbox. Yep. Original yep. Xbox. <laughs> yep. Now, on top of all of this, remind me, because I'm, I'm trying to remember back to this. It didn't always even give you a like location on the map. It would just tell you, oh, it's in the town of Balmora. In fact, it rarely gave you a location for anything. Right. Uh, so you had you to go. Had this, yeah, it did not have waypoint <laughs> markers. Right. Um, so you, you walk into this foreign world, which looks insanely foreign, crazy. These weird looking, like very strangely designed 3D, you know, three dimensional characters, you know, because they were they were not 2D um sprites which eventually we'll get to uh but you know very low poly strange looking characters with mushrooms and weird fauna and strange looking world and now they're telling you oh it's over in the city that they're familiar with but you don't know where that city is you have no idea how far away that city is and now you just have um... to go find it Right. And you have this journal, which your character is very poor at keeping notes uh, because you make notations in this journal and your character writes them in a way that's almost like him literally writing a journal. It's not like a quest log. It's like I was told to go find, you know, whoever, wherever. Right. right. And I've got a great quote here. We should read it. What? He says, yeah, was, find these mushrooms for me. They're located at the bog southeast of town. Take this, take the road south, cross the bridge, turn left at Fort Frostmouth, and look for the rock mostly covered with moss. Once you find that good, you're halfway there. <laughs> like, yes. That's very much, yes. Right, and, and exactly that. Now, remember all of that and go do this. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, right. that's, I mean, it's very immersive. Yeah, no, that's exactly what would happen if if you were living in that world. Yeah. Was they didn't, again, I don't know if this was intentional. Some of the directions were just straight up wrong because people, I assumed, remembered them incorrectly or something. It would be like, oh, take a left. And they actually said, take a right. Like that, they, you, it was to the right. It wasn't to the left. So it was like, is that a typo or was that flavor for the game? (laughs) Like, was this person just, confused you know it's it's very interesting that nothing in morrowind is straightforward honestly because of the lack of quest markets and everything like that it it was alien through and through right <laughs> to learn right. that game which i think is why it's a favorite for so many people because once you figure it out the amount of effort you put into it 
gets rewarded because you learn the stories, you learn the characters, you learn yes. the world because you have to find everything in it. So eventually it you you know the layout of the city like the back of your hand. You know who these characters are and why they're upset with these other characters because you actually had to read the text in order to figure it out. The other thing which Morrowind is also kind of, I guess, since we're going in reverse order, the first one that we encounter, you don't just have free fast travel in this game. Right, right. Um, there are silt striders, which are these giant bugs with their shells kind of hollowed out on the top, and you can ride from major city, with, well, basically as long as they have a silt strider dock, they can carry you from one place to another for a fee. Kind of like the carriages in Skyrim, except you can also just teleport wherever you want once you find it. Oblivion, <laughs> right. you didn't even right. need to find the major cities. You could just teleport there at the start, which was weird. Um, Morrowind, it was go to a place and then you can <laughs> teleport to this other place for a fee. Or there was a spell called Mark and Recall where you could mark a location. You also needed to have the skill to be able to do this, so it wasn't just like a free gimme. You could mark a location and then whenever you would want, you could recall and it would teleport you back. So I would always mark somewhere back in town and when I would have my shins broken because of the amount of weight that I had, you know, stolen from a Dwemer ruin or whatever, I would just recall back to the city, sell all my garbage, and then walk back all the way so that I could pick up more trash. And it's it's interesting because it made you learn the landscape so much more. Right, right. You, you felt more like you were living in the world. You had to go from yes. one place to another. And if you were going to invest the time to do it, then you were going to make it worth your while. And if you were to invest the money on traveling from one place to another instead of walking it, then, you know, it, you're going to make it worth your while. Just like in the real world, you're not just going to travel for no reason. Um, so the other thing about this now, remind me, almost all characters are killable. Uh, <laughs> in Morrowind, all characters all are characters? technically killable because the day I retired from my Morrowind save was the day I punched Vivek to death just to see if I could. <laughs> uh-huh. Um and nobody's really more canon than Vivek. So <laughs> when when that was complete, I was like, well, I've done it. I've won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can ruin the story, completely ruin it. Uh, the game becomes uncompletable uh, by killing these people or if they mm. die unintentionally, because, again, it's it's sandboxy. Um, yeah. But what it does is it will give you a message down in the corner where it's basically you have broken the prophecy of the Nerevarian and plunged <laughs> the world into eternal darkness. If you would like to actually complete the storyline, please load your save. <laughs> right. Which is still kind of so, cryptic if you aren't paying attention. I've broken a prophecy? What does this mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. That makes me... So, I. You can... You know, characters die left and right in these games and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. But they always make it so that you, you the guy's a main quest giver. He got downed. He's he's knocked out. Right. Morrowind, that was not the case. Morrowind, it's yeah. like they're dead. Your story's over. Everything's ruined. <laughs> Great job, hero. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you actually accomplish these things and and fulfilled the prophecy, it was an it was an accomplishment. And the things worked out in the world, and they may not have. 
Um, yes, it was it was a big deal, and it was a much harder grind to get there. Um, whereas something like Skyrim often feels like you just kind of fall through the world, and you kind of just get better as you go, and eventually you're you're very powerful. And you just kind of you just if you just play, you get better at it. Yes. Right? Whereas like Morrowind isn't necessarily the case. You could even spec your character in a weird direction where it makes it very difficult at the end of the game. Or yeah. or completely spec it in a, in a way where you're able to just use potions and magic spells and become like a god and destroy everything. Like Yes. And again, this is another thing where like we kind of have to restrict a little bit of what we're talking about. I mean, I'm almost wondering if we should do like a, a, a part two. We've been doing such an over yeah. if we should do a part two where we can get into the finer details of this is the difference in lockpicking in games. This is the difference in spellcrafting in games because it's yeah. changed so much. Spells yeah. have literally been written into the lore because of basically exploits or loading things where levitation is outlawed. There's the anti-levitation act in right. <laughs> yeah. In other games. And in Morrowind, you could just look, fly around once you knew how to do it. And spellcrafting was just completely off the rails powerful. Um, and it allowed you, when you were clever, you could, you can always find things the developers have not accounted for. Oh, sure. And because the game was so my, open. Exactly. So it's like the possibilities in these games is nearly endless. Right. <laughs> and they always try to fix something like a, a well known exploit from one game, but does it open the door to a totally different one? So like this is again, it's, it's such overview, but there's so many like nuanced differences between them as well. So, yeah, well, tell you what we've, we've gone almost an hour on this and we have a bunch of games to still talk about. So why don't we, why don't we wrap this up for this episode? Cause you're right. There's All a right. ton and there's, yeah. there's a lot of really cool stuff to talk about too. And, and I particularly want to pick your brain about the, some of the earlier games that I, I, you know, watched some of, but I haven't actually experienced by playing myself. Um, and yes. those differences, because from what I know, the origins and the spiritual beginnings of the game get carried forward in interesting ways in the other games. Very much so that I've learned but myself. So very hand. different, right? Like there, there are differences they, and changes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was going to say just as like a teaser for next time, because I agree, there's so much more to talk about that. I, I, I kind of knew there was a lot, but now that we're going into it and we're doing such a surface level of it, it's like, oh my God, there's even more than I realized. Yeah. It's like yeah. interesting changes. Like, I mean, again, it, it, we're trying to ta tackle the interesting differences, but it's like, we're almost to the point that you don't level up the same way anymore in the older games where it's just straight experience points and stuff like that. It's like even basic stuff like that will eventually change as we keep going farther back. Right. Right. So, all right, cool. Well, we'll hold on to that for next time. We'll, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get into some of that stuff and then maybe some of the, the nuanced differences between like magic or uh, lock picking or, you know, dual, sure. dual wielding being a thing or not a du thing. Like, <laughs> yes, that could be a thing, too. So. All right, cool. This is this has been an awesome discussion. Let's move on because we have some patrons to thank and yep. some other news to talk about. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign. So we just got to talk with our patrons last week and it was always it's always such a great fun time. And it's my chance now, now that the month is wrapped up to um, thank everybody specifically who signed up as new patrons last month. So I'm just going to go through the list. Uh, Al Acaline, 
alkaline alkaline 1634 uh buddy destiny that's a good name george l uh stephen r david p siberia and that's it those are those are our new patrons from last month thank you for signing up and helping to support the show you guys are absolutely amazing and help me get through help me get through life basically what am am i trying to say you helped me do this as as a full-time thing and continue growing it and making it an effort and doing other kinds of content creation and putting you know videos out there i've been doing more videos online which we'll talk about in a little bit and um streaming more often which i'm doing now um all of that stuff is because of you guys supporting these projects and allowing me to do so so thank you thank you very much for that and thank you especially to our tier four and higher patrons who I call out or when I remember to try to call out every week. Uh, that includes uh, Stephen R, Siberia, Kung Fu Kangaroo, Daniel O, Brad S, and Noodle Al Dente. Um, actually, no, I'm supposed to only call out tier five and, and up. So Noodle Al Dente, but the rest of you, thank you. Those are our patrons who join us at the end of every month because they're tier four patrons. I am all confused today. Um, but if you want to join us next month, sign up as a tier four or higher patron and you can come join us anybody who signs up at tier one or higher gets early episodes ad free episodes a bunch of other stuff and one of these days maybe we'll get to a point where we're we're consistently above 500 dollars a month and i'll get a cool elder scrolls tattoo to commemorate it uh the lore cast getting to that point that would be amazing that's kind of a stretch goal i've been wanting to get to so um I really appreciate your help and if you can't do that then you can leave a review that's free or just tell your friends I also, because this is the first episode of the month, get to read out some of the new reviews that came in, including uh, we've got three new ones. We have this one from Jordan in Canada says the bomb five stars. Thank you, Tom, for hosting my two favorite podcasts. My last two shifts out in the oil field. I've been taking care of the dining room alone almost every day. I love I love hearing these things from people who have really long jobs where they have the opportunity to listen to podcasts and help, how I help them get through their day. From mopping the floors, bagging fruits and veggies, doing the dishes to almost every other thing a kitchen helper would do. I'm happy that I always have Fallout and Elder Scrolls Lorecast to make my day more bearable. Thank you for shedding light on two of my favorite game universes. Thank you, Tom, from Jordan. Jordan, be safe out there on the oil fields, and yeah. I'm glad that we can make your uh, your work experience better. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to write that out. It really does mean yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then we have one from RB10494 from Great Britain. I love getting international ones too. Not to mention Canada is international, but you know, that's like America's hat. So it's kind of closer. Um, this one says <laughs> a bright light in lockdown. Just picked this podcast up and listening from the very start and absolutely loving it. Currently on the Daedric Princess. So I have a lot of material to get through insightful and entertaining. It really is getting me through lockdown at the moment. Not played ESO for a few years, but I'm going to reinstall and give it uh, give it a blast. Keep up the good work. It already knows he's going to have a fun time. Um, or they. Uh, so th- thank you, RB. Appreciate that. I hope uh, Elder Scrolls Online has been awesome for you. And also, feel yeah. free to come by the Discord and jump in one of uh, one of the guilds. PC, Xbox, PS4. You're welcome to come play yeah, with us. Lots of new stuff coming, too. It's a good time to jump back in and test it out. Yeah. And then uh, one more from Glob H in the United States who writes a new listener. Love this pod so far. Always been obsessed with TES. Just getting back into ESO after a three-year break. I've been binging all the pods. Great work. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Glob. All right. So thank you to everybody for taking the time to do this stuff. And um, thanks for just listening to the show and being here with us. All right. Let's move on. Here we go. 
Hello. Hi. Do you like bad movies? Do you find yourself defending bad movies, saying things like, well, the soundtrack was okay, or the costumes were pretty fun? From the previous hosts of It's Not That Bad Podcast, we bring you Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, from Simone LaRue and Chad Ekovitz. Every week, we review two movies that did not do well critically, but we say, hey, there are some nice things about them. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes was wrong. Maybe they're all fools, and you should watch these movies regardless. We'll also talk about scenes that could have saved it, and we'll often refer to Simone's cats because they're amazing and adorable and we love them <laughs> and at the end of each review we will tell you whether we would watch this movie again or in what circumstances we would recommend you watch this movie so join us on July 9th for the first drop of our main episode and then two days later for our drop of our minisodes and on Robots Radio Podcast Network come see us on July 9th we love you so much already bye, bye. yes yes you're entirely brilliant conquering madness and all that blah 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 so we've got some news there's some cool news coming for ESO um, very, very soon. And I, I did a video on this. This is one of the things that I've been doing more videos on are when we get regular updates for news or we have crown store updates, th- those kinds of things. I've been putting them on the robots radio, um, YouTube channel. And a lot of you guys are tuning into those. They're, they're getting a lot of views, but if you haven't already checked those out and you want, you know, a concise explanation of the news without having to read it yourself or, or whatever, I'm doing this for you guys um, to be able to check that stuff out and, and kind of give my own take on these things as well. Um, let's get into this. Uh, so we know that the respects are coming, right? The um, the changes to the CP leveling yes. stuff, all of that stuff. Quite coming. an overhaul. It's quite an overhaul. So get this. You get because you're going to have to change the way your characters work. They're going to give us some some conveniences let's say and a reward so the reward is you get a free pet which is great it's a cute little uh yeah it's cute little uh what is it called amber sheen veil fawn it's like this little deer with these really cool colorings and like stripes and spots on it really cool little guy which is nice i mean that's that's kind of a nice little bonus um but the big news is that uh starting on march 8th for pc and march 16th for consoles you will have two weeks of unlimited free respects at the rededication shrine so you just need to get to a shrine and you can reset your attributes your skills and their morphs and your championship points as much as you want and this is this is huge because the new championship point system is going to completely change the the meta you know like these builds are good these builds aren't good whatever and we're going to go through a time where we're all really just figuring this out again, right? Yes. Um, and from somebody who does not play a swath of different characters, I waste a lot of money on respects, depending upon what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a fan of this because when I go from PV to pve with what i'm playing i need to shift some stuff around normally i play a tank for everything sometimes i need to shift skills if i'm going to do something for an extended period it's like okay well i need to do this as a a damage dealer instead so it's like well i need to switch this of this of this and the more you do it the more (laughs) it's a long day Um, yeah I, a bit uh the more you do it the like the, the the cost does go up oh yeah and i've been playing for i don't know whenever it hit console religiously and i played it a little bit before that but it, that wasn't my character so like i've consistently played since it hit console and i 
it is not cheap to do that anymore yeah. for me. So I appreciate being able to jump around, mess around. And um, with some of the changes, maybe I'm going to change some of the things I use just in general because they work differently with the new champion system. So I, I don't know yet. I've been largely letting people mess around on the PTS test things out but uh once it hits live i'll be much more curious to dig my hands in and see what's changed and uh what's kind of the new way that i want to play this yeah i I think that i mean i've been waiting to respect my character and this is awesome because i'm going to get lots of opportunity to play with different setups and things and i don't know like my main i play lots of other secondary characters but my main is a nightblade and i recently over the last year switched from a stamina build to a magicka build I don't know how at first I felt really good about it. And then some other changes happened and I was like, eh, this isn't as good as I thought. And I went, I went all full on vampire. Might want to mix that up a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to be checking this out as well. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I think that this is absolutely an awesome way to do this, to bring everyone back, but then also allow them to just keep messing with their skills and champion points until they feel comfortable with it for two weeks is, is a great way to do that. Um, it's also yeah. going to speed up the discovery of what works and what doesn't. That's also very true. So anyway, great stuff uh, coming for ESO. If um, if you're confused about any of the championship stuff, go. there's lots of videos about how the points are going to work. They had a big reveal back in January about that as well. Um, so yes. there's a lot of information out there for you guys. Um, plus, you could just come and talk on our Discord. There are definitely right. some people in our Discord that are you know, super in the know when it comes to what's going on with building a character and that kind of thing. So there are a lot of people who can help you out. Also in, so it's all there at the moment, but because it's currently on the PTS, things have already changed several times over the testing weeks. So you don't need to understand everything yet because by the time it hits live, it might be different. It's already been different a couple different times. So, you know, things keep changing until they go live. So don't get discouraged if it's like, ah, this is too much. I don't understand it. It's like, well, nobody really does yet. It, <laughs> yeah, it's in flux. Varying degree. Yeah, it is. It's very much in flux. Yeah. And that's a normal thing. Anytime they put one of these big up- updates out, they put it out on the PTS for that reason, for people to try it out. And then they help uncover hey, this needs to be adjusted or this thing works and this thing doesn't, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so don't take anything as gospel until this is out there. And then even after this is out there, people are still going to rediscover new ways of doing builds and things like that. So, you know, just roll with it, play out your character. You've got two weeks to try new stuff out. If you don't like the way you do a build, change it up, see what you think. Lots of time, Mm -hmm. you know, a week after this has been out there, you know that all the major, uh, designers out there of, of the different kinds of builds, you know, guys like all cast and, you know, everyone else out there who does that will have multiple new build types out for you to try out as well. So exactly. That's also going to be available for you to test as well. So that's what we got coming. Um, other than that, uh, my other, my other big announcement is that I am, um, now that the mechanist thing is revealed. And for those of you who aren't in the know about this, the mechanist from the fallout games uh, is a character that I have been role playing on the internet on Twitter and in videos and streams for a while, challenging some of the fallout community to rap battles, which is ridiculous because I didn't even know I could rap until I jokingly challenged somebody. And then they came back at me and I was like, all right, I guess I'll give it a try. Um, so, so that's been a thing lately. And so a lot of my time has been focused on that, but now that that's out, 
I am rededicating my time to making sure that I can stream in the afternoons. I've been doing this all this week, starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, which is like noon 30 Pacific. And I've been playing games with my son. We've been playing Sea of Thieves, but I'm going to be playing some other games as well. Uh, lots of people have been coming by, hanging out with us. It's been super fun. A lot of a lot of working and lurking. It's also it's also very much a kids safe stream for kids who are like finishing up their school day and want to watch. If you have kids who want to watch me and my son, who's 10, play games together, completely work safe, completely child friendly, still a good time. Um, so come hang out with us. Uh, this is my my attempt at being more involved with the community and chatting with you guys more often, kind of like my work streams were, but it's now in the afternoons. Also, I've been yeah. doing more streams in the evenings, too. So um, so that's been fun. Um, also, uh, I talked a little bit with the community about this earlier today during our stream, but I might set up a regular Friday night uh, Lorecasters Guild event night so that we can get together around 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific every Friday night on PC, because that's that's the platform I, I can play on um, and get together and just do some events together or go, you know, raid a dungeon, depending on how many people we have. Maybe we'll try out a trial. Who knows? It could get crazy. Who knows? Maybe we'll just kill all the world bosses and and, you know, Morrowind for a while. We'll we'll figure it out. But if you want to be involved in that, jump in the discord. Let me know if you're interested. And we can get a, a group of us started on kind of a regular weekly thing. And I think it would be a lot of fun and it would give me a reason to definitely jump back in the game every week. So let's let's uh, let's talk about setting that up. Lotus, what do you have going on? Um, well, I was going to say I uh, streamed last weekend. I was hoping to stream before we actually recorded night, but I real life circumstances prevented that from happening yeah. so um, but yeah for anybody who's interested um much to the polar opposite end of the spectrum where tom does things that are family friendly and uh good to watch <laughs> around your children um i do <laughs> my own streams which are largely me just doing things that grief me for the entertainment <laughs> of others saying the f-bomb um, over and over and, and over again yes yeah. and um to many of the people who like to joke about it in chat, my inner Bostonian comes out uh, when I speak on stream. So, um, yeah, if that stuff does not offend you, I mean, it's never meant to make anybody feel awkward or anything like that, but it's it's not the censored version that I do for the podcasts um, where it's just that's how I normally speak. But, um, yeah, I generally do stuff like play the old games, and I do it without any concept of looking stuff up. So it's all blind playthroughs, which occasionally is concerning uh, <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. And sometimes they, they really, I would say that I'm always concerned about dead air, but it's never really the situation because I just die so much playing these games. Um, I always have something that I'm doing, even if it's replaying the same thing that I, I failed at like 40 times in a row or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, if you, if you have any interest in, well, I mean, I play a lot of ESO, but yeah, if you have any interest in the classics, I've been streaming that pretty consistently and I save the VODs and put them in collections for people since that's almost more of a, historical documentary <laughs> from a person who doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I should do sometime if ever I get the extra time is download all of those and cut out every time you drop an F bomb and do some <laughs> sort of like, like three hour compilation of just you going like, Ugh, F, F, just yeah. To, to <laughs> 
just over and over and over again. <laughs> there are, yeah, there's even the clips that people uh, kindly take of me when I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing uh, have been legendary. So it's a good time over there. I, I don't really have a t- screen stream schedule. Uh, it's really just when I can get the time to, but I do have a lot of fun with it and I'm glad people enjoy it. Um, whether it's just an educational thing on how to not play the old games, what the old games are like, or to ask me actual <laughs> like questions about them or whatever. Awesome. Um, awesome. But yeah, other than that, we've got our other show that I'm part of each week that I've been trying to mention back to back on both of these shows for a little synergy of uh, Tales of Tamriel, um, which is just kind of a more roundtable discussion of our tales from in the game and the news. So it's a little more open ended, but it's also much, much longer uh, as we tend to be a little rambly (laughs) (laughs) it's more conversational it's more just like hey this is is. what i've done this week and this is what i think about it yeah and we usually make a discussion topic that when you've got three or four guests we uh actually had pylon from the unofficial elder schools pages join us last week for his uh for his little apparently it's an annual thing now it started after pax east last year and we've just unintentionally done it so we're like oh well that just makes us sad that pax isn't a thing anymore but it was fun yeah um but yeah other than that i was gonna say you'll just see me floating around the community feel free to shoot me a message at twitter or discord um if you ever need anything from me and if i can help you i'll be happy to awesome awesome stuff well, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, stay safe out there. And if you get the bug, jump into one of those older games and give it a try. And uh, you can maybe <laughs> understand a little bit more of what, about what we're going to be discussing next week as we continue the topic. Uh, thanks for yep. being here, everybody. Thank you for being here, chat. Um, chat, we will be rolling directly into the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. So if you like Dungeons and Dragons or you want to have a sense of how those games work and maybe even connect into Elder Scrolls from a you know gameplay or lore perspective, then stay tuned, uh, stay here and chat. I'm going to put up the some of the rap battles I mentioned from the mechanist uh, to fill the next 10 minutes until we get the other show launched. And um, I'll be back in just just 10 minutes. All right. Lotus, thanks for joining me. See you guys later. Uh, yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESOLorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire you don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast just search for keelhauled a sea of thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure my name is brian burton 
It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now.